0: Welcome back to another edition of Collector's Quest. This is an episode we're calling Nightmare Before Shipmas. We're trying to get into the Christmas spirit. And as you know, with Christmas comes boxes and shipping problems and nightmares. And we give you a few of our experiences, how we resolve them, and just some general tips if you are shipping or receiving some stuff. And we talk in general just about gaming. You know, because this is this podcast and that's kind of what we do here. Anyways, if you like what we're doing... Please go ahead and let people know and give us that five-star rating on iTunes. That's really what helps us the most. And hope you enjoy this quick episode. Thanks again. And, uh, you know, here's some music.
1: Welcome back to Collector's Quest. Another episode we're recording in one take, first try. How you doing, guys? It's Christmas. Let's try to recreate that banter that we just didn't have.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
2: Woo!
1: All right, do the no. thing where you guys stop talking, yeah. and I just have to talk to myself. It
2: was, <laughs> it was so natural and joyous the
1: first
0: uh, time we did it, and now it's
2: awkward. It's and Christmas.
1: Sad. Something we talked about. Christmas starts it's after not, Thanksgiving.
0: No, no, it's not Christmas. We, we, yes, we did that. <laughs> Tyler's trying to tell you it's Christmas. We'll just cut to the chase. It's not Christmas. It's the first week of December, hopefully, or around there. And But everyone feels like it's Christmas because why, Tyler? Because me and Stefan have trees like Christmas, Christmas already? and
1: you're a little Grinch who doesn't yet. I, I do have my tree up.
2: My tree normally goes up like, my tree normally goes up like Christmas Eve. So this is a, a banner year for us.
1: But I hope nothing happens to that tree, Stefan, like a nightmare before ship miss. That, no, 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 no.
0: Smooth transition. (laughs) No, no. Uh, if you guys want to know what a true nightmare is, if you have never Googled Christmas tree fire, go ahead and do that, and then watch a video on it. The way a Christmas tree basically explodes with fire is amazing and horrifying. So, you know, take a look at that, and then be afraid.
2: Here's your first cautionary tale. Don't have real Christmas trees. Uh, My tree is fake
1: and three feet tall, so I think I'm all set.
0: Yeah, three feet tall. What if Why? I
1: had, if I had room for a Christmas tree, I'll be putting up more shelves, Johnny.
0: Like you have, like the center of a, like your living room or something. What you no, have a three foot tree? It's for shelves
1: and couches go and it sits on top of my subwoofer.
2: Our tree is fake, but has the uh, the pre strung lights, which was like the best value add in my opinion ever. Like not having to manually string lights is the most wonderful thing about Christmas. That is the true Christmas miracle.
1: Johnny's gonna tell us I went out and chopped my own tree down.
0: I, well, I grew it from a seedling first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a I also have a fake tree. I, I prefer real trees. However, after watching them explode into fire, I was like, you know what? I'll just buy those scented things that make it smell like a real tree. Mm-hmm. and i'll I'll be good with it, especially when you put a bunch of hot lights. It's like way better now that bulbs have gone down to LEDs. I disagree with you about the pre-strung Christmas tree lights. My wife likes to put a lot of lights on the tree, so th- that pre-strung one would not be nearly enough. She has over a hundred feet of light that go on the tree.
2: Holy shit! Mm-hmm. I saw an
1: episode of MythBusters where they like wrapped Christmas trees, like even dead ones, in like tons of lights, and they couldn't make it light on fire spontaneously. So I'm not too worried no, about
0: that. Ooh, th- that's not 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 the heat. It's more like if you. If you get, like, a, a bad cable and it sparks or something, or one of the bulbs is broken.
1: Or, like, a pet.
2: Yeah, or, like, yeah, so any of the other million ways that fire can be introduced to your tree.
0: Yeah, just go watch that video, and you'll tell me how comfortable you feel Oh, yeah, no, it. I know. Yeah, You've seen the videos of them catching fire?
1: Yeah, they put up, like, a fake living room with, like, a six-foot-high ceiling, and they're like, here's this living room, it's engulfed within seven seconds. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: it's horrifying. Anyways, uh, let's get to the p- the point of the episode, I suppose. Speaking so, of horrifying um,
2: Christmas tales,
0: yeah, we are going to be talking about shipping nightmare before shipments So this is going to be just some some of our personal tales of things that have gone wrong with shipping. I'm sure a bunch of you can relate. We're going to talk about how we solve those problems if they're solvable. You know, just some general shipping stuff. It's a quick, easy episode, light on the ears. And uh, we'll get into that. But before we do, uh, I wanted to just touch on the the previous episode of the podcast that I hope you guys listened to. It, it's Collector's Edition number one. And what I'm doing there is I'm interviewing collectors from outside of video games and talking to them about whatever they collect. The first one we did was uh, with a girl named Carly who collects Harry Potter books. And they have a really dedicated community and it was a fascinating interview. Even if you think it doesn't apply to you, I think uh, Stefan and Tyler will back me up here uh, that you should give it a listen.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I thought it was going to be boring, but it made me appreciate that I collect video games, and it's just one more thing that makes me think like video games are child's play. We only collect from the home country where these games came out, and we're just like, oh, I'll get the cartridge. Sometimes it's fine. These if you collect like pretty much anything except for video games, you have to be a crazy person, including the Harry Potter books.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I didn't think it was going to be boring, but I didn't think that I would care. I think those are probably two different things, but I found myself like absolutely invested in that episode. And, uh, and it was, I was, I was not surprised sometimes in, in how, how similar the two hobbies are, are, you know, the game collecting and, and really book collecting of any kind. But Kind of blown away by some things that were surprised, surprising to me, like how much people care about specific languages and um, how heavily, like J.K. Rowling's signatures tracked, and um, and and the cost of the uh, most expensive books in that collection. Like there was, it was really eye opening and, and very very cool. So, thank you, Johnny.
0: Yeah, you guys Johnny, can, are
1: welcome. Can I give a spoiler from the episode that I really enjoyed? Yeah, please. My favorite part of the episode is when she shits on softcover books.
0: She <laughs> like softcover books.
1: <laughs> Those are bullshit.
0: <laughs> well, that's. I mean, she. I, I. think that was mainly for like a lot of the North American stuff. And we. I don't know if we covered it, but some of the translations only do come in softcover. They were never printed in a hardcover. Uh, but if if she could have one, she'll definitely take the hardcover over softcover. Because softcover books are bullshit. Yeah, those like the card only people of the Harry Potter world. Yeah, the the thing I found was pretty funny that they are like almost exactly the same on is there is a group of people who care about uh, authorized versus unauthorized, which is for us is the same as licensed and unlicensed mm-hmm. games. So there's a bunch of unlicensed translations out there of the Harry Potter books that people just don't give a shit. They're like, "No, those aren't authorized, who cares?" But they exist and some people are like you know crazy in the weeds like oh i want those too and, but a lot of people it's like nope that was uh unlicensed i don't care doesn't exist in my world
2: well and, and i guess this is probably a spoiler effect too but that was one of the things that made my ears prick up is is how much they're still discovering kind of like we are sometimes where she was saying that i forget what translation it was but there was a translation which everybody assumed was licensed and then it, it turned out that it was an unlicensed thing. So, like...
0: I think it was... Was it the Persian one?
2: Yeah, Persian or Armenian? Right.
0: Uh, no, it was Armenian. Yeah. It was Armenian, yeah. Good yeah. trailer for the episode, guys. Right? So, anyways, like, uh, th- that's two... That's genuine tales. Uh, these two guys, Tyler and Stefan, had no idea what was going to happen in that episode. I did not expose them to any of it before they got to hear Just uh, just like you guys, so it was a surprise for them as well. Uh, so... If you guys can take what they said, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. But please do give me feedback on what you liked about the episode, what you didn't. And um, I had a bunch of people already tell me what kind of episodes they would like in the future. I'm going to do a couple of these a year where I try and contact or reach out to a collector who is a big collector. Not just, oh, hey, I collect this stuff. I want someone who's kind of in the upper echelon of that collecting so they can come and teach us because that's really what i want this to be is kind of like a teaching experience for people like it's interesting to hear about their hobby but but someone who's actually qualified to like uh teach down to us so that's it uh now i think we can get into the show sorry guys
1: you're apologizing for well like I'm us like, being excited eh. about one
2: of our episodes <laughs> yeah that was the most engaged no, like, we've been in the first five minutes of an episode ever
0: <laughs> no I, I meant like here I'm gonna just like before yeah I let you guys talk about the episode we're supposed to talk about let me give a five minute trailer for this thing I just did <laughs> so all right let's let's get to the episode about shipping nightmares so nightmare before shipmas and we're each gonna we each have a few tales and uh, like I said, our resolutions, and I think Stefan can lead us off on that.
2: Sure, I can. Uh, so the, the first um, story I wanted to start with, and this has actually happened about three or four months ago, I had bought an item on Amazon uh, from a newer seller uh didn't have any any feedback which that's i guess probably the first cautionary part of this is make sure you look at feedback even on and that doesn't necessarily just apply to eBay accounts like anytime you're any any sort of retailer you know if it's if it's being sold by an individual check their feedback but uh, so i bought this this thing on Amazon and they shipped me an empty box and i go oh that's strange so I, I reached out to them and there was no response. Um, and then as time went by, and this was like a $300 item and a couple months went by and I got no traction at all. And so I started reaching out to Amazon and because the seller sent me A box and like had there was like a a a, a tracking number and everything they did send me a thing Amazon continued to side with them I actually submitted my claim three times each time it was an automated response saying like we've reviewed your account this isn't something that you can contest sorry basically and then as that went on uh, that account started to get numerous seller feedback or buyer feedback saying, "Hey, this guy's a scammer. Stay away. Amazon's not helping me." Um, and so I was kind of at a loss, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm just going to be losing $300. That that sucks." Until I decided to take the story to Twitter and and kind of I wasn't. I'm not saying be a dick on social media, but I am saying advocating your case on social media when you have no other recourse is genuinely helpful especially with the big box retailers because then because a lot of times with these customer service systems they are completely automated i it was one of those things where if a human being looked at the situation in about five seconds they'd be like oh yeah this is clearly a scam this person has only negative feedback they're all saying they're being scammed And, you know, and it's a new seller, like everything would have would have stunk to high heaven of scam. But because it was a completely automated system, they just continued to reject my claim. So um, so I did go to Twitter and I started talking about it in very open and but firm terms uh, about what was going on. And that's when I started to get traction. So within a couple of weeks of uh, of me, me going to Twitter and being my own advocate, that's that's when I got the case resolved
0: okay so I, I think one we should always say in any case you should always be your own best advocate don't don't just wait for it to be resolved through any automated system but also maybe like you were saying you went through the process first you didn't just jump right into social media and start being like this happened to me like because right. there's a lot of people who just jump right to that don't don't do that go follow these steps and and see if that works because nine out of ten times usually those steps are built and, what will lead lead in and to some sort of successful conclusion. You know, you may not like the conclusion, but it will be a conclusion and usually from a real person. I'll talk about mine. I had a miracle piano kind of just building off that sent to me. It was, I was really excited. It was miracle piano for the Nintendo because I already owned one for the Genesis, and I decided, you know what, I really need as many giant miracle piano boxes in my life as I can possibly get. So I bought this one, and it was shipped. If you're not familiar with the miracle piano box, it's like a big, like a long. What would you say, Stefan? Like a three foot long box? To yeah, I
2: mean it's it's a it's a full size digital keyboard. So yep, big.
0: It was taped like someone took. Not even, like, clear tape, but they took, like, the brown strapping tape and went around it. Or not uh, strapping tape, uh, kind of the duct tape stuff. And they went around it a few times and over the ends in its own box. They did not put it in a separate box. They just shipped it as that. Like, that was a good enough box. Like, why would anyone care about that?
1: Johnny, you got your shitty keyboard from the 80s or early 90s, right? That's what you wanted.
0: (laughs) Well, the box also came, like, aside from that damage it also took shipping damage because it wasn't in a box and like, you know, it was like old styrofoam. So the styrofoam was all broken. The keyboard was actually chipped. Ooh. And I went right to PayPal and re- resolved that claim. Uh, the The seller wound up not wanting, like he had to give me a refund and he didn't want, he didn't want to pay the $45 to ship it back to him. So I wound up just having it, <laughs> but that that's not, that's not uh, what I wanted to happen. I, I wanted a nice thing. So here's the moral of the story, and this was a learning experience for me because this happened quite a while ago. Even with little games, and you guys have heard me rant about bubble mailers constantly, but with any game that you're, especially if you're very concerned or it's rare or high-priced, reach out to the seller beforehand and just be very clear about how you would like it to be shipped because here's what I found. Even if you've got a good deal, The cost of dealing with PayPal or eBay or anybody, any service to get your money back or to get a return, it's not worth your time. The time investment is so great and you're so annoyed by the end of it, you would have paid two, three, five more dollars to have it shipped nicely. So just do that. Just reach out to the seller, say, hey, I would really love it if you shipped this in a box or shipped it like this and at this speed. Can you do that? I will pay whatever the difference is. Your world will be a better place. I promise. So.
2: I had a note in my notes specifically saying, don't talk about bubble mailers. I, Why? Because we talk about it so much. And I and I knew that we would. Some, my story would is I had a game crazy. shipped in a
1: bubble mailer, but I had a cardboard box and it got crushed.
2: The, the, the next story.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yep, that happens. Yeah, Stephen, do you ever say what your three hundred dollar item was? Was it
2: interesting? Uh it was a camera lens. I didn't I wasn't gonna bring oh, it up immediately because it was Oh you should have pretended it game, was something but, cool. Uh, Never mind. I mean it's a three hundred dollar <laughs> camera lens, but But the, the... What, Is
0: that a camera to take pictures of video games?
2: Yes, yes it is. It's the one you I used to You wasted your money.
0: All right. Back wow. everyone go back to the episode wow. about what you're wasting money on wow. in video game collecting. This <laughs> is know, one of them high price cameras. You know, I just can use my high price camera
2: enough. for other things too, Johnny. It's very versatile. No, no,
0: you've you just said it was for games. I mean that's that's what
2: that was what was the, the onus for me to buy it was for games, yes.
1: I bought a new lens to take pictures of games too, Johnny. What's up? Uh, What's up? Well <laughs> I have my old I have my old camera from whatever some Sony camera, but it's like oh, I don't like my lens. I got a new lens just for Instagram. Look at that.
2: My favorite oh, is when any time that Tyler backs me up. That's 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 my favorite <laughs> moment on the podcast.
0: I, I was mainly joking because cameras are versatile tools that you can do a lot of things with. I just wanted to to shit on you guys unnecessarily.
1: <laughs> I can't take good videos with my stupid Sony
0: camera. Retro gem miners made on my iPad. God, anyway, by the way, the last episode where I where I scolded you two and called you assholes. Oh man, people thought that was super awkward. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, I don't even remember but what we were fighting about. <laughs>
0: uh, we were fighting about your favorite thing, about calling oh, something rare. Oh, rare stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah my it's Instagram posts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, people are like, wow, that was... My wife was like, wow, you even my wife heard it. She's like, oh, you really went after him a little bit, huh? She's like, that's weird. <laughs> so uh, she said I should apologize, and I'm not oh, going geez. to. Fuck Back you guys, day, you those were assholes. Johnny
1: rants, weren't they? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's I, that was like that was like half the show. That's how I built an audience. Man, so
2: there are many things I expect from you, Johnny. and apology is never one of those things.
0: I I'm fairly <laughs> good about apologizing when I'm wrong, and I'm I'm okay about being wrong. I'm not one of those people like I gotta be right. I, I like to be right. Everyone likes to be right, but I can handle it if I'm wrong, and I can come back and apologize. Some people are really bad at that, though. But I'm not one of those people. You've heard me apologize for things, Stefan.
2: That's true. I have. So
0: Stephen, there we have you no go. Reason to apologize. Can't yeah, apologize. and I'm also good about giving people credit for things and, and saying thank you. Those are things everyone should be good at. That, those are, like, just human skills. Work on them. Tyler, well, what, what's your story?
1: I mean, you were talking about Miracle Piano, so I the same exact thing happened to my Miracle Piano. It wasn't all taped up, but uh, they did just slap a UPS label on it. This, this isn't my story, but the worst part is that because it was, like, a weird box, they wrote P.P., all over the box because it meant like postage paid, I guess. So I had had, I have PP written all over my Miracle Piano <laughs> box, which okay, I did so try to remove based on like one of our tips episode and I did okay job of it. Just backing just you know, up
2: so it's clear. So they, they shipped the piano in the actual retail box, right? There was no. Yes. That is yep. awful. I am sorry.
0: I, I've had this happen on, on more than just the Miracle Piano, but the Miracle Piano was the first thing it ever happened to me on. So
2: I didn't even try
1: to resolve it though, because this is what what normally happens with me, whenever like something screws up with shipping, it always ends up being like this thing I got this ridiculous deal on. So it's like, well, I'm if I'm gonna have to send it back and just like, well, forget it. Because I'm not I don't ask for partial refunds. I think that's weird. So oh well, I, I probably paid like forty bucks for it. It's not even it's not one of the branded ones, it's just a shitty regular miracle piano. And this was okay. back in the 2000s My real story is I bought out uh, the video game stock of a thrift store on eBay. Uh, zero feedback. It seemed like you know, probably a couple in their sixties, maybe was just selling off all this garbage that they had. I don't even remember. It was a lot of older stuff. I got some in television, some ColecoVisions. visions. Um, my Sega Master system is from there. Come back to the Sega Master system. So it was four hundred bucks. I would say at the time it was probably closer to maybe eight hundred to a thousand dollars worth of stuff today. Who knows? You know, probably three times that. And they shipped it in one box with no padding. It was, like, I can't even... How big... Hold on. How big was this box? I'm gonna say, like, maybe four Steel Battalion boxes. Maybe bigger than that. It, it was the probably the biggest box I'd ever seen
0: shipped. Like, I'm surprised they could get that not on a pallet.
1: Yeah, I don't even... I, I don't know. It must have been a real grumpy postman that day. So... Like, multiple ColecoVisions and Intellivisions, I remember. And if you know, ColecoVisions alone are heavy, and their power bricks are heavy. Just controllers. So this box shows up, and it's basically already opened on my porch, and everything is spilling out. And there was a Atari chest, a solid wood Atari chest that was not shipped to me. Because I'm like, huh, that sure doesn't seem like it was everything they said in the listing. Um, So there's no moral to this story. I just want to say that I had a. I came home one day and there was this giant box spilled out on my front porch. This was, you know, ten years ago, and uh, a lot of things were broken. And I'm coming back to the Sega Master System because not only my Sega Master System, but my stupid phaser gun is like basically broken to pieces because of that sad
0: shipping day. I, I can give you a moral of the story, and because <laughs> I, I bubble know, bubble wrap. Yeah, no, no, no. Be careful when you buy large lots. If if you buy. And I've done this. Uh, this is from experience as well. Uh, I've worked for a few shipping companies. If you are shipping something, USPS, if the box is heavy, depending on like what your postal carrier looks like, or like it could be a tiny ninety-pound woman. So if it's like a forty-pound box, they're probably rolling that thing end over end. So again, back to that. If you've got, if it's one thing that's just really heavy, that's fine. But if you got like a bunch of stuff, setting that expectation, like hey, please don't ship more than a thirty-pound box. Like divvy it up because it's gotta go that way. And for people who don't know, you can create shipment one of one of X, you know, one of one of two, one of three, whatever, two and two, and it will count as one shipment and the weight is usually relegated, like at least through UPS, will be uh, like a total weight, not not like I shipped three 30 pound boxes.
1: Yeah, and I mean go if I if I was looking at this today, I I wouldn't have even touched it. Because you know, like no feedback, clearly an older couple selling off their old thrift stores crap. They had no idea how to ship anything. Uh so I probably would have just passed on the whole lot, no matter how good of a deal it was. Um but hey, that's how I ended up with a, a lot of my old vintage consoles, actually. Yeah, you made you made that mistake and paid for it. Yeah, so- and then I I I like tried to open up a case with them, like, yo, there's a this is this there was this big wooden Atari chest Like, a piece of actual furniture. You guys just didn't ship that to me, probably because you already paid double whatever I paid for shipping. And, you know, it obviously wouldn't fit in the box because it was as big as the box. And uh, I tried to get that for a while, and then I just gave up because they were just such... This nice old clueless couple that I'm like, you know what? Keep your shitty Atari chest. And now, now going back, I want that Atari chest. I don't even remember what it was. Well, you'll you'll have to post a
0: picture of what that should look like. Because I'm curious what a giant Atari chest looks like. I think
1: like. it was like custom made. It was like a TV
0: stand or a chest. I don't even remember. But... Oh, God. Oh, well. That sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. <laughs> All right. Stefan, you've got more tales for us. Regale us with more... With more shipping nightmares. I
2: do. But one thing I wanted to mention real quick that I actually thought of when Tyler was telling his story uh, and we we were talking about um, the postal workers that may be a little bit too aggressive with your packages. This is one case that, and and normally I don't go tell you to go buy stuff, but if you've been waffling on the idea of a video doorbell, um, I will say that I've had... A couple occasions now that that's actually really really helped me when I have video uh, I have video footage of the postal worker mishandling or not delivering a package. Um, I did have a Amazon item that was supposed to ship in two boxes. They only delivered one of them, and Amazon said no, we delivered both of them until I showed them actual footage of my postal carrier only delivering one box. So ring doorbells, nest doorbells, what I mean, they're all pretty comparable and they're not terribly expensive so if it's something that you have been thinking about doing then that's that can be helpful also if just for package theft too especially this time of year um i know i have a a, a a ring doorbell and as part of it there's like a like a ring community site and you and they're always constantly posting stories of people having caught package theft using their ring doorbells so that's that's something that could be really really helpful
1: I got cameras all over my front yard ever since I put out my Halloween candy and someone stole the actual bowl the candy was in. And I'm like, God damn! <laughs> I'm never often. letting that happen again. That's really rude that they
0: stole your bowl. It's
1: my favorite IKEA bowl. I had to go two two hours away to the nearest IKEA to get another
0: one. That that's really rude. Um, but yeah, that was actually going to be like my my second thing, Stephanie. Oh, I'm but sorry. Go on with your go on with your next story. I,
2: I didn't. I, it, I thought it would just be anecdotal. I didn't think it would be a topic. Nope, it's fine.
0: I got more to say about
2: it. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, especially since um, this is sort of my niche in the hobby that Tyler and Johnny aren't really active in a lot, and that's um, display collecting. I wanted to talk a little bit about shipping displays and specifically displays that involve lights. Um, be that either a neon sign or something with uh, like a ne- uh, like a prefab neon tube in it or something like that. Um, my specific horror story is I have a beautiful Funko Land 3 foot neon and every, you know, if you've ever go go look at the if you haven't seen the Funko Land logo, go look it up and you'll know what I'm talking about. Each letter in Funko Land is a different color. Um, and it's just it's just a really really pretty sign uh, when it's lit up because those signs are awfully rare i I did go ahead and um and ship it so i guess that would be my 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 mid-story cautionary tale is don't (laughs) don't buy a neon sign uh that you're going to have to ship unless you really really want it if it's something like excruciatingly rare was this a collector shipping
1: it or just like some guy
2: there was just some guy like he used to he used to work at Funko Funkoland um, and this was actually like one of my first neons. So I, did, I hadn't lived through these horror stories in order to kind of come up with my best practices for them. So uh, my loss is your gain. But um, so a couple of things I'll say about lighted signs. Um, so w- when this Funko Land sign arrived, he had he packed it well, but he didn't pack anything around the actual neon tube. So the sign itself was fine but the actual tubing almost, uh, I think three or four of the individual letters were just completely shattered and with neon, since it's all usually one piece or connected somehow, then... Uh, that just makes the whole sign not work. Uh, and then the other thing with vintage neon, basically any neon made before like 2000-ish, uh, if it's colored, chances are that that's painted tube. So instead of the gas in the tube coloring the light, it's actually painted over. So And they don't make that anymore. So when I went to go fix this sign, it was absorbently expensive because I had to actually track down someone who happened to have extra vintage neon, and of course he pay, he charged a premium for it. <laughs> so so that's another thing to know about vintage neon is that if it's painted, if it's colored, and it's before you know the year two thousand, chances are that's painted tube. And if it breaks, uh, you'll either have to replace it with. Uh, new tube or find someone who has vintage tube uh, to avoid this, especially with, with uh, shaped, you know, blown glass neon, make sure that they pack around that neon. So like take bubble wrap and make sure that it's between the sign and and the actual bulb uh and uh, things to watch out for especially for like the PlayStation signs that have like the little boxes that have the PlayStation logo there's actually neon in that box so the, the, the neon isn't necessarily just in the front of the sign, so do some research, and if it has neon either in the sign or on the back of the sign, make sure that they also pack around that, because I did buy a PlayStation sign where they I, I made sure, tell them to pack around the letters, but there was this little box that had neon in it that they didn't uh, pack around, and so that broke, and then the whole sign broke. So yeah, make sure they pack Sounds around. like I would just never ship a neon sign. Is you, that, <laughs> that, that, that's why that was like my, my mid-story my mid uh, cautionary tale is, is not to ship. But, uh, but this is just, you know, if you have to. Um, the other thing I if will- If you
0: really like a box of glass, I mean, ship all the neon signs you want. That's right.
2: The other thing I will say is if it is just a neon tube sign, like a fluorescent tube, there is no fluorescent tube that is worth you not just having them keep it. Ship you the sign, and then you buy another one. Never, ever, ever, especially these longer. Like I, I have this, uh, this beautiful Sega sign that has a a, a three foot fluorescent tube. Uh, those are like five dollars at Home Depot. There's nothing special about them. Please, 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 just tell them to keep, you know, remove the light do whatever they want with it and just ship you the fixture and then you can spend your $5 to replace it. Because if that fluorescent tube ships in that box and it breaks, it's going to cut the hell out of your sign Uh, and it can do some serious, serious damage. Yeah. So I think that pretty much covers the, the neon sign... Stuff. Do I have
1: to worry about uh, fiber optic signs? Because neon signs are stupid. I would never buy a neon
2: sign. I've actually optic ones. so with fiber optic signs, those are generally pretty hardy. The and the lights in them are usually just, especially the like the Nintendo fiber optic signs. Those are just little like halogen lights. They're not. They're also off the rack. There's nothing special about them. But they're also only like about an inch wide. Like they're just very very small bulbs. So there's really, there's not as much inside a uh, a fiber optic sign as one would think. There's not a terrible amount that can go wrong. I've seen, I've never seen fibers break with, with shipping them. I mean, I've seen signs just because, you know, fiber optic line gets brittle and gross that they just break over time. But I've never actually seen a fiber break from shipping. So they're actually a, a, a lot more hardy than you would think that they are.
0: All right. Well, good, good advice. Don't buy neon signs. Don't buy signs. <laughs> signs are dumb. So there, there's like
1: a uh, pinball machines from the 30s and 40s. Like I, I was looking for one. Oh, geez, I can't remember. It's it's like World Series jigsaw, and it's like they were a lot smaller back then. So I was I put out like a want to buy ad, and someone says like, Oh yeah, I could just ship that over to you. I'm in Michigan, but. Whatever, I'll just ship that over to you. And l- this is like before they were even electronics, so it's entirely like a mechanically adjusted machine. It'd probably costs like three or four thousand dollars. You know, it it'll fit in your passenger seat of your car. But just knowing how package handlers would handle a package, I would never ship such a fragile thing like a neon sign or an old pinball machine in the mail. I just can't imagine it. I would be too terrified.
2: Yeah, displays in general, and I guess this will also kind of be a tip too, is that they're they're fragile enough. Just in general, not just lights, but just displays in general, because they weren't meant to last. They were meant to promote a product, and then you threw them away. Um, but uh, they're fragile enough that generally, when I buy one, I just build in a contingency. Like when I think about buying one, I go, "Okay, this is this is worth five hundred dollars to me. If I can get it for three hundred, and then I just sort of like in my mind already spend that two hundred dollars that I'm quote unquote saving, and then if I if if it arrives fine then great but like but i always kind of especially when i'm dealing with neon i just sort of build in that contingency in my head uh when i'm when i'm figuring out how much i'm willing to spend on a sign just the in case it breaks fix it when it arrives yeah. broken yes
1: is, it's really easy that, to get like, deals on signs right these days signs are a so slow market
2: yeah and well and especially with the with the modern stuff i you know i i talk about how hard it is to replace old glass New glass, like anything from like the xbox forward uh, that generation that's all very common glass and neon sign glass blowing actually isn't that expensive so um so you so a neon a a modern neon that you can use regular like modern neon glass for generally that's worth it because it's you know it might be twenty five to fifty dollars to to fix a few letters if it breaks it's just that that old painted stuff that you have to source uh, that that gets expensive
1: okay I just need to go back and say I was I was joking about the sign market being slow signs are absurdly expensive these days but yeah,
2: the, the the vintage signs that's definitely true
0: the only thing I was gonna say is like it occurs to me as you're talking about this we haven't hit the point in this hobby yet where we have restoration specialists where we're starting to get people like wada games who grade stuff and people who do minor repairs I'm not talking restoration like label fixing, but like on displays like that. And I think you will get to the point on some stuff where you get like people who try to fix original labels and stuff. Uh, that's when we know the hobby's gotten insane, right? That's when we get like restoration specialists, when that can be somebody's job. But even yeah. comic
1: people don't want that, right? They, that's, that's like a separate category of things that real
0: collectors kind of shun. They don't necessarily want it, but I mean, there are professional restorations. So, like, museums have, like, almost every piece that, like, ancient artifacts, they go through some sort of restoration process, right? Like, to restore it to a nice shape. Like, a lot of game stores do it right now just by opening up and, like, cleaning the cart and doing a bunch of, like, wiping. That's, it's like a minor restoration. But we haven't got to the point where that's just somebody's job. Like, I I just restore these and make them look new again. They, they do it with arcade cabinets. That's a thing you can go pay to have done. And pinballs, right? Yep.
1: Let's, let's, oh man, this is such a thing. People fight about this and pinball so much. Or, or is it, I don't even know. But a pinball machine, you restore like a car to bring it back to operational condition. Uh you know, I think games are closer to comic books where you basically put it on a shelf and it does the restoration doesn't help the functionality of the object anyway
2: I was it, we we
0: can have that conversation about restoration later. I just think it's interesting that we haven't hit that point yet.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I w- and since we're kind of on this topic anyway, I, I would also just cont- tangentially mention that there are a lot of fakes in the neon scene too, because modern neon is so cheap to make. Um, so there are loads of, of fake signs, but uh, that's actually a topic maybe we'll cover uh, in in another episode when I have time to kind of really dive into to eye- spotting fakes and stuff for for uh, displays. I'd actually be interested in talking about that. So.
0: Yep, we can do a whole episode on displays and signs and stuff, but this isn't that one. Right. Tyler, do you have another shipping one, or do you want me to go to my stuff?
1: Uh, I could talk about, it's kind of shipping, it's transportation. I will tell the story of my first arcade auction. I just moved into my first apartment in North Carolina, and it was empty, and I'm like, hey, I could just fill this up with arcade games, right? That's a thing people do. So I went down, like I'd been playing in the arcades, and I'm like, I'll just go to an arcade auction, why not? So of course I rent a U-Haul. I don't just like bring a trailer. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna fill up. I've heard that arcade machines are cheap at arcade auctions, which is it's it was true in like the 2000s, and then once like Pawn Stars and and Storage Wars and all that crap happened, like just forget it. You can't go to any auction anymore. (laughs) So there's like four types of people who show up to arcade auctions. There's like the restoration people. There's the people actually still operating games. There's the collectors. And then at the time, there was me, which is the category that I've heard called homeowners, which I like. It's just regular dudes. They have no idea about arcade machines, how to fix them. Uh, And most importantly, they have no idea on the price. And they don't bid based on condition. They're just like, oh my god, Mortal Kombat 2? That's probably worth like $1,000. That's such a good game. Uh, So... Arcade auctions last all day, by the way. Plan to go all day, because it takes forever to check out. So I just bid on everything. I just assumed, like, I could fit... I I bought a huge U-Haul. It was like 16 feet, I think. So, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, silent scope for 200 bucks? I'll buy a silent scope machine. Why not? I bid $300 on an original Time Crisis, which thankfully... Uh, I think the owner outbid me, trying to bid me up because he knew I didn't know shit, and I I had a sigh of relief. Original time crisis machines are huge. Anyway, I ended up with uh, a silent scope and a two-player Daytona USA machine were the two biggest things I got. Those were the real nightmares. And then like some other little stuff like an Area 51 and uh, some redemption games. Uh, So it's like nine o'clock by the time I check out. And so U-Hauls have a ramp and you start looking around the parking lot and everyone has an elevator truck because you know what? Arcade machines are really heavy and they're not meant to go up U-Haul ramps. So I can get most of the stuff up. It was just me and Ada who were there. And Ada's this little five foot flat little Asian girl, not very strong, no offense, Ada. Uh, So we get like Area 51 and all that crap up in there. And then Silent Scope. I have to bring up on its side, and I just I wrecked the side, bringing it up this ramp. Uh, it probably it took me like legitimately a half hour to get this game in U haul because we're not strong people. And then Daytona USA two player. If you've ever seen an arcade racing game, you just naturally assume that the chair has to come apart from the monitor. That's the only thing that makes sense in how this could possibly be transported. Well. I could say that Daytona USA was one of the last games they made that did not come apart at all. So it split into the topper, the left side, the entire thing, and the right side. Probably weighs six hundred pounds each. <laughs> um, and uh, we're trying to push it up this U-Haul ramp, and it's like on these tiny little wheels, so it, like can't even make it up the initial thing. You know, we get on our knees and we're just like looking. We- we're still assuming like the the chair can come off because it doesn't make sense to us. It's so stupid that it wouldn't. And we start like taking it apart. And if we had taken it apart, the whole thing would have fallen apart. And because it was so heavy, we would have never got it back together. Uh, So probably the nicest person that has ever walked up to me in my entire life, just this random guy from one of these arcade companies, walks up to us and tells us to stop doing what we're doing because the two parts are about to take off aren't even going to stand on their own, let alone ever be put back together. And he, with his big, strong, manly muscles, got his best expensive... uh, little forklift thing, and he just muscled up these 600-pound Daytona halves up our stupid U-Haul ramp, probably calling us stupid homeowners uh, the entire way, and uh, legitimately wanted, like, the most, this, I said this was 9 o'clock, this whole process probably took at least four hours, I was in complete despair, because everyone had left at that point. I had no idea how you know if you're sitting with like mach- arcade machines that weigh hundreds of pounds in a parking lot that's desolate and you're three miles three hours away from home at midnight, like you just have no idea what you're gonna do with your life. You just feel like life is pretty much over at that point.
2: Yeah, this is how a murder story is start.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do
0: I just leave it here? Yeah, what do I'm, I do? I'm just do like I just, thinking like, what do I do here now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm because I'm super excited about Daytona too because that's one of my favorite games. I'm like. I'm just, I'm just gonna have to, I just got to give up on Daytona. That's just like eight hundred dollars down the drain. <laughs> and then the other thing is that I bought, I brought bungee cords because uh, I'm a moron. <laughs> so uh, arcade machines weigh hundreds of pounds and they are bulky, <laughs> horrible objects. Uh, bungee cords don't hold arcade machines in shipping. Also, some people think like it's heavy; it'll just stay there, which is part of my reasoning. Uh, The laws of physics apply to moving arcade machines. They need to be strapped down tight with ratchet straps. Uh, So that caused uh, even more damage, which was awesome. Uh, So that's my story about being a homeowner. The first time I went to an arcade auction, I got home about 3.30 in the morning. And then me and Ada, of course, we couldn't unload these games either. So I had to go and I called uh, up two of my friends at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, I still owe them for that one too. So,
2: nice. liftgate truck next time, at least.
1: Don't the uh, moral of the story? Don't do that. Don't bring a U-Haul to your first arcade auction and just buy everything that's less than two hundred dollars because you think it would be cool to own a bunch of arcade games. Uh, bring a trailer, buy one game at a time. Or if you're Stefan and you're like, I got to go balls out in everything I do, then yeah, get liftgate with your truck.
2: I mean, I think the liftgate is always a good idea when you're moving anything heavy, but. Yeah, because I've, I've had similar stories where I'd moved things like that and used a U-Haul, and that happened once, and then I went with Penske after that, who they have lift gates on almost all their trucks.
0: I've moved quite a few arcade machines. Uh, I have one friend who's got a bunch of arcades and have been on many an adventure. I've, I've been out in a parking lot at, like, after midnight, trying to get, like, the last five arcade machines into a truck, tired as shit, and just, like, how do we even fit this? I've been there, Tyler. I, I, I know the feels. It is, it, I, someday, I relate to this story. Someday
2: I'll, I'll tell you the story about Heather and I dropping a four-player Konami cab down a flight of stairs.
0: Nice. Have you told that? Good times. That just seems <laughs> yeah, like something that, that probably just happens he's, all the time. I think, oh, I know the story, but I don't know if Tyler knows. Okay, so let's, let's get into my, kind of my last, my last thing. And this is... Shipping, and this is kind of another shipping method you probably haven't thought of, but taking things on airplanes. So if you are traveling and you're going out to these conventions and you are buying all these wonderful things, you might be like, oh, what do I do here? One, I've said this before. If you are bringing luggage, bring like your biggest luggage. And then even if you don't require that much space because you're only going for two days, then put your smaller luggage inside of that luggage. It's only one luggage, right? So you'll be good there. Even if, if better yet, if you can get everything in a carry-on bag, and then just check a luggage, do that because you'll want that space. The other thing you can do is, and people don't realize this, but you can bring, you can get a cardboard box at most conventions. There's going to be a ton of them around at at the end of the show. Pack those nicely, tape them up, and you can actually check a cardboard box. Just pack it nice. Um, Here's some lessons for packing cardboard boxes. When you when you do so, pack either to the top or have enough padding that it fills it. You don't want a lot of compressible space. That's where damage happens. Um, you want you want the walls to all be like padded if possible, but not a whole lot of compressible space. Like you see this in shipping all the time. They're like, oh well, I put padding in there. How, why did those bubbles all pop or that like one air tube they put in there? You're like, yeah, because they put a 50 pound package on it. And mm-hmm. the law of physics said, here, here's my weight distribution. There's, there's nothing pushing back here. So I'll just fall through this spot. If you have something that's packed at the top, weight distribution is then distributed across the whole object. It doesn't say, okay, well, here's a sink point. So I'll just dive through that. So um, that's a thing you can do to piggyback onto what Stefan was saying about cameras do get yourself a doorbell camera. It is the season where they will be on sale um, just to protect yourself. Package theft is becoming like this new horrible trend mm-hmm. that's going on. Um, people just following around trucks. Even if you're like in a nice neighborhood, it's just nice to, you know, know who's at the door. For me, it works out, especially as my wife will never answer the door. Now she can like see if it's there or if I'm away, I can be like, oh, I got a package and she's home hey, can you bring that inside? It's like a $300 game or whatever. I don't want it sitting on the porch. So
2: yeah. and there's a lot of convenient uses for it. And most, if not all, video doorbells now will allow you to speak through them as well. So I've had times where there was like an item I had to sign for and uh, and the guy had ring, rung the doorbell and, and I was able to you know negotiate him not taking the package away again by uh, by just talking to them through the, through the door.
1: Well, you would have to have a, a cell phone on you for that to work. I don't, not all of our listeners probably carry cell phones. It's uh, just you, Tyler.
2: Yeah, then no, that's 100% just you.
1: I just got a new cell phone, guys.
2: So does, Why it, bother? Is it a flip Who phone? Who cares? Is it a It's, it's a it Moto BlackBerry? X. It's like the most
1: mid-range thing you can get, but I don't know. It doesn't suck. Maybe I'm going to start using a phone more.
0: Wow. God, I hope so. Maybe we can just have a text <laughs> chain instead of a stupid crazy Facebook here. chain. God, so, for those of you who don't know, I have to talk through Facebook, which is like my least favorite place to talk to anybody.
2: Yeah.
0: You can probably so, get me on Discord, then, too,
2: if you and want And then it always there. happens where, like, two of us will be talking while the third one is, like, working or something, and then it's, like, impossible to catch up because, like, there's, like, 80 lines of text since the last time you How looked at your phone. How does text
1: make that better? I would just always be the odd guy strings. out on the text who has to catch up on everything when I get back to charge my cell phone. Ah, oh, Tyler,
0: you make things so difficult. Okay, do we have any other tips or does anybody else want to show, share any horror stories? Have, has anyone had anything particularly pricey, games destroyed? Uh, anything like over $100 destroyed? Uh, Yeah,
2: I had, I mean, I've had, this is just a, a, a hey, hey, don't use bubble mailers on expensive game story, but I have had a number of Saturn games shipped in bubble mailers and had those shattered. I mean, again, that's just like, there's a, it's a semi-replaceable case, but it's still like, you know, some of those working designs games that I've had broken or made me very sad.
0: Yep, uh, we're getting to the point now too where I used to not care if my PlayStation games were shipped in bubble mailers, but now I, I even want those in boxes. Just like, please, everything, everything in a box. If it's like a, like people... Yeah, and, once you start looking for the damage that bubble mailers cause, you can just find them. So, it's it's sad times for bubble mailers. I have had a few good games crushed, few over $100 games. I've had I I owned a whole second CD, manual and back art only Sega CD collection for a while because that's how much it took me to get like nice cases for all of it. Wow.
1: Yeah, even on those so. those PlayStation games, like, I used to be a, like, jewel case and a bubble mail or whatever kind of guy, and I just got Spyro, like, one of the Spyro games, and both of the tabs that hold the front of the jewel case on broke off, and I just, like, opened the package, like, god damn it, that is so just inconvenient to have to
0: deal with right. all the time. It's just annoying, like, and that's the other thing, I shouldn't have to... If it was nice, I shouldn't have to go and fix it. I bought the thing that was nice. And you said you don't go for like partial refunds. And people think some of that's a scam. And I'm sure to a degree it is. But at some point, like people have to realize take responsibility for your shipping, do a better job. You like, I don't let people off the hook. If you were just an asshole and you shipped it bad, I'm coming after you. Mm -hmm. Like, I shouldn't have to pay for your mistake. Okay. Because again, I always send a note that says, hey, Please ship this in a box. If uh, you feel like you can't afford that, I'll upgrade it to priority mail. I'll make it easy for you, especially now that priority mailboxes are everything. Like, if it's going to not be first class, just put it in a priority mailbox. Oh, shit. That's bad. I always, I don't don't
1: know how to, like, bring up that I'll pay for a box, but saying I'll upgrade it to priority mail, that's a good way to bring that up. I never thought of that.
2: Why can't you just say you'll pay for a box?
1: Because I don't want the I don't want every guy to come after me and be like, Oh, you'll pay for a box while shipping this was seven thirty five. It's like, well, yeah, I know, I already paid some shipping, but whatever.
0: Most people I've experienced have been like experience, have experience with have been like really go, Oh, I was gonna ship it in a box anyways, or oh, uh I think I have a box laying around that I can just throw this in. And some people are like, Oh, I don't have a box, and that's why I tell them like they you know, use a flat small flat rate priority. Rate. Then I already know what the cost is so they can't like get one over on me i can just say like this box is 8.95 this one is 7.95 this one's 11.95 or whatever the cost is i can say i've already paid you six dollars i'll pay you an extra six just especially if it's like a couple hundred dollars the time and the effort well yeah i can't stress that enough it's not worth fighting just six dollars people like i i have more time than money i mean i'll pay whatever Uh, if it was like some
1: expensive thing like that i I wouldn't care about that i'll always say like yeah let me get that in a box but like for like spyro it's like
0: all right
1: fuck it no (laughs) i'm not gonna hassle them over this game i probably paid four dollars shipped for
2: i will take this opportunity to shout out to an awesome story uh shipping story i had recently it's uh retro city games on instagram his name's doug uh I bought a single loose uh, Game Boy Color game from him recently. It was Shantae, so high value game. Uh, but he shipped it a single loose game in a full size Amazon box, like a like a <laughs> like a three by two, like the like the really big Amazon boxes. It was so well packed, I didn't think the game was in there. <laughs> like so, it's just it like was... Amazon ships their stuff normally, except with yeah. more padding. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that was a that was a. Case of a retailer realizing the value of an item and packing the hell out of it. So thanks, Doug. That was really nice of you.
0: Well, I mean at some point just like you don't the other thing is if you're a buyer or if you're a seller, I'm sure you're like all these asshole buyers are scammers. They're gonna say it's damaged whether it's not. So defend yourself. Yeah. Just just Pretend that everyone is an asshole and a scammer and then do the thing where you package it well to protect yourself from them and then even take a picture of it. I actually do that. Whenever I take a picture or whenever I ship a high dollar item, I take pictures of the packing so I know exactly how it went out. So I can be like, look, I packed it exactly like this. Um, here's my last part. Don't over wrap an item. Oh, my okay? God. This is it's the worst. Um And this is never going to get to the people who it needs to get to. (laughs) I know just like I, especially if it's like, if I have to cut into it, I'm worried about like cutting the game. If I, if you don't give me like an access point in which to cut the material open to get to the game, that that's guys. So then also you don't need to wrap it in tape, like 75 times, please don't like it's in bubble. And then they're like, I wrapped a bunch of tape layers. I'm like, I feel like I'm birthing a thing as I'm like cutting open the cocoon or like <laughs> I don't know I'm Han putting putting Luke into a taunt on it. Like I'm like, <laughs> let me swell it's worse than it. Like it's And you gotta just do like worst. surgery.
1: It's like I don't want to put too much pressure on this bubble wrap and crush the box, which is the whole point of having the bubble wrap is to keep the box nice. Oh.
0: Right. That's the other thing. If you have a nice box and then you put too much stress like from your tape, you can damage the box. Here's the other thing, bubble wrapping something and throwing in a bubble mailer also doesn't work because there's still pressure that, I mean, we can do like, we can show you how pressure works, but just like watch any of those, will it crush videos? Uh, once you watch a pneumatic press do its work and then just imagine that's like 75 pounds of weight and imagine if a bubble will keep it from expanding that, that wrap is flexible. It will it will expand sideways, and your box will crush. You can you can stop this from happening with a few few gentle tips. Pack a box well. Make sure the box is sturdy. Put enough material in it, but don't overwrap or tighten that material. Okay, that's all I got on that.
2: Hey, here's something I wanted to bring up because sometimes I feel eccentric that I do this, but I want to. Ask you guys to see if this is something you do or you think that it's useful. Um, on particularly high value items that I'm worried about being broken, when I open them, I actually videotape myself opening them. Do you guys ever do that?
1: Nope, that's nope. Crazy. Like
2: just for like, like on that broken Funko Land sign, for instance. Like when I heard it rattle, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna like video myself opening this thing so he can't. So, so within, within reason, I feel like I have more, uh, more evidence that like, I didn't do this myself kind of thing. Um,
0: I don't think you're crazy. And I think that goes back to just defending yourself and then allowing yourself to be your best advocate. Right. So you've had to go out and advocate for yourself. If you have a video just saying like, look, I even videotaped myself opening this. That's just defending yourself. And that that's fine. If it's a, like, and you ship stuff that's more fragile than usually what I'm getting. Right. So
1: I buy on um, eBay. I don't think that's and, crazy. Uh, the buyer always wins. So it doesn't really matter.
0: that's true as well that's that's like the other half of this like ebay's not gonna side with you they're gonna side they're gonna side with the buyer so defend yourself
2: that's why on that amazon story of mine i was so shocked that it took me three times or four times to get to get that uh that refund because i'm like i'm the buyer since when do you guys side with the seller (laughs)
0: yeah okay so uh tyler before we move on anything else
1: Uh, I think I brought it up on the show before, but I have shipped an 85 pound solid steel anvil through the mail and it just kind of showed up in like a flat rate box. Like the box was basically wrapped around it and the horn was sticking out. So wrap as if that was actually coming through the mail. I'm like, huh, I thought this would have been some kind of special kind of item they had to deliver. But no, they just shipped an anvil on top of all
0: these other packages. (laughs) So, yep. I've, I've worked in shipping for a long time. The the stuff I, I saw... I don't work anymore, but, you know, like, 10 years experience in, like, various shipping and logistic places. The way stuff comes, it's crazy. You just defend yourself yeah. and ask for boxes, because some of the stuff that goes out, it's just nuts. It's nuts. Um, Alright, let's move to the second half of the show, where we tell everyone what we've bought and what we've played. Uh, I'm sure... It was like Black Friday weekend for everyone. Um, did we buy stuff? Did you guys buy stuff? Any Black Friday specials, or did you keep it retro?
2: All right, so I did. I know I talked about doing this, uh, and you guys uh, scoffed at it, but I did end up on Black Friday buying one of those little um, arcade games for Piper. Um, the the ones that Tyler hates. The the, the new that one up one up arcades. I, I haven't put it together yet. It it actually just okay. arrived. Um, Today, but, um, but I did buy one of those. It was a uh, the Walmart had them. I think fifty dollars off. And then uh, I also got a Black Friday de- uh, uh, deal through that that Shantae game that I was just telling you about. Actually, um, Doug actually hooked me up with a Black Friday offering on on that game. So I ended up getting it about seventy five percent of of going right. So that was that was pretty cool. And yesterday yesterday was my birthday, so that was like my birthday present to myself.
0: Yeah, happy birthday, Stephanie. Hey, thanks. Happy birthday. Tyler's not even going to say happy birthday. Oh, it's messed nice. up. Happy birthday. What are you? 28? 37.
1: Oh, you're 28 in my
0: heart. Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice, I guess. Tyler. Uh, Johnny, alright, let me Black Friday days? How do
1: we how is do we go around the buying first and then do we go to the playing or do we both
0: at the yeah. same? I don't
1: know how this section works just, and I've been here a while.
0: <laughs> just go with what you're buying and then we'll talk about what we played later. All right. So the playing is the least important.
1: My my local game store local. My local game store had 30% off. Uh, I went down there. I got Parasite Eve and just like a bunch of PlayStation games. Um, I, I went to the store and I'm like, because whenever I go there, they're not like a huge store. They don't have like any, they don't have like any high end stuff. So when they have something that's like over hundred dollars, it's like kind of a big deal. So Parasite Eve was the only thing I didn't have that was like in their glass case. And then I just, I literally walk around the store and I buy every game I don't have because their prices are usually a little below eBay and 30% off on top of that. I'll buy PlayStation games, whatever. And, uh, I think there, there must've been a bunch of eBay, uh, these eBay deals have been going on all over the place. Cause I have, uh, I got Mega Man seven, I got metal warriors and I got zero the kamikaze squirrel on SNES. And then, uh, I bought a really nice complete copy of link to the past, which I didn't have. Which uh, nice link to the past, like over a hundred dollars, like if you want a nice copy. Which, what is that? That's a lot of money for a Zelda game.
0: Yeah, I mean you can pick it for up for like sixty if you don't care about condition. If you're,
1: right, if you're sixty, some monster S and E S games are just the worst on eBay because everything, all these games must have been sitting here for like years because no one wants any of these garbage condition games that are sitting up there.
0: That is true because at that point like is the box so bad then who cares just buy the cart yeah
1: who's buying like a zelda game with a crappy box to like check it off a list you want that zelda game to be like on the top of your shelf even if you're not like a hardcore collector you want a nice zelda game man
0: i agree with you anything else you got did you go to any retailers uh retailers retail stores like uh big box stores and buy anything did you participate in any of those sales
1: I went to Walmart. I went to Walmart with like just Ew. with my family and I just fi- and I went to Target and I just figured like oh I'll go around the Blu-ray section. They'll probably have a bunch of like $4 Blu-rays. And there was nothing. Was it me or were there no good Blu-rays on sale this year what happened? I thought Black Friday is the magical like, land of cheap Blu-rays.
0: I I don't know what happened, but there was like a few like Deadpool 2 was like $6. Like Best Buy had a few but uh, I think you're right. Like back in the day, there used to just be like bins of like three dollar DVDs and like mm-hmm. you know under ten dollar Blu-rays. Now it's now it's different. I think Blu-rays are also just cheaper in general than they used to be. Now as we're moving to like the four K Ultra HD editions and stuff, but,
1: like fuck that. Uh, like I'm not gonna spend thirty dollars on one movie. I'm not spending more than like five dollars unless it's like a Criterion Collection movie. So Black Friday is supposed to be like, all right, I could buy some movies, and I got
0: nothing. Yeah, that's that's rough. I bought Deadpool 2, uh, which I don't even care about. Stefan, if you want this Deadpool 2, you can have it. I just wanted the digital code. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I want to ask you about, I know you probably got some more digital codes for me that I want to pay you for. Probably. Um, so I bought, let's see, what did I buy? I bought a bunch of Switch games, just like that I didn't have, some of the Sonics, like a Street Fighter and stuff, because uh, Best Buy had them, on cyber Monday for pretty cheap and they were allowing gamers club to go on. So like $20 games were knocked down to 15, like a bunch of $30 games became $20 games, which became $15 games. So that was cool. Am I, sorry, um, Johnny,
2: am I crazy thinking that gamers club wasn't a thing anymore? I thought they,
0: they closed it down. But if you're still, a, if you were still a member and your subscription is still active, it's still going until it expires. Huh, fun fact. Yep. So mine is still active. Um, I wish I would have renewed it uh, later because a 20% off is sweet. Um, I bought Christmas gifts, so I didn't buy too much for myself. I did get a nice Jack Nicholas Turbo Golf in box for the Turbo Duo, or uh, the Turbo Duo, Turbo Graphics version, the Hue Card version boxed, which is kind of hard to find. So that came and that was cool. Wait, Johnny, and school that, me. Is the
1: Hue Carter or is the CD version harder to find?
0: The CD version oh, is okay. harder to find. But the Hue card in a box is hard to find, too. Right. They're both hard to find in the box. The Hue card, you'll find the Hue card for that stupid thing all day long. Any version of the CD one will be hard to find. Oh, so, you know. I just had i just Hyrule Verse, uh, who's Andrew, uh, hook me up with a box. I don't know if it's a good price or a great price, but he, he gave me a good deal on just the CD a while ago. And then he came across another box copy... So he sold me just the box so now I, he's now sold me the complete copy that will soon be here. By the time this podcast goes up, I'll probably have a picture of both of them standing together. And they're annoying cuz it's the exact same box except one has a sticker on it.
1: Not it's a game a that I really game. needed
0: to be re-released probably.
1: <laughs> no, no, I
0: don't think that I don't think that CD audio like was really selling it. Yeah, it was real dumb. Real dumb. But uh yeah, that game's super annoying to find. Glad it's off the list and Now, I just got two more. So, if anyone's got a Might and Magic or a Terraforming they want to sell me, I'm your boy. Just uh, send me a message because I would love to be done with that set. Those Uh, are the only two I have left.
2: Is that where we're all at in our collecting at this point? Where we're just like thankful that we don't have to like look for stuff anymore and that's why we like collecting these things?
0: Um, (laughs) Well, I'm almost like, you know, I, baby on the way, I'm going to have to curb a lot of my collecting so i just want to like complete stuff that i'm in the middle of just to be done because i don't want to be thinking about that while i'm like in the first year of the baby i 100
2: did that too when piper was on the way i was like oh my god she's gonna be here i have to spend all the money
0: (laughs) yeah well then then my just like cash flow is going to be different as suddenly daycare becomes a thing It you know your your world changes a little bit so the
1: podcasts um, are going to go down to like 45 minutes it's going to be Cats and dogs living together, guys. Come on.
0: Yep. I, I I may not be on some of those podcasts. Who knows? Who knows what crazy things could happen? Um, I did have this awesome event happen, though. So you guys may have heard of Game Dude. If you're in the area, of course you know it. But a lot of people outside of Los Angeles know of Game Dude. So they had a pretty respectable sale on um, Cyber Monday. Or was it Black Friday? No, it was Black Friday. It was 25% off all, like, Everything, basically, at different times. So my wife and I were going to go out to Game Dude. And it was like the 3 o'clock, um, all the classic stuff. And I, too, was going to go buy PlayStation stuff. That's what I was after, Tyler. Just like, any like $15 and under PlayStation games I didn't have, I was just going to buy and be done with it. So that's what I was going for. So here's how this panned out for me. I'll just share you the story. Uh, I also want to preface this by saying... Typically on Black Friday, not typically, but there's been many occasions where I've had this be like one of my unluckiest days of the year. I've been hospitalized several times. I like tore all the ligaments in my ankle. I got like an unknown bacterial infection, almost died, you know, had a fever of over 106 and like was rushed to a hospital, spent like five days there. Uh, This is just like bad family events. Why don't love Thanksgiving, You, you know? As a fat guy, it's the eating holiday. So I always get a little leery around this. You'd think it would be my favorite, but I'm I'm not. I, I don't love it. I get super cautious. Anyways, uh, it's been really great lately, so I don't know what's been going on. It's like, oh, man, all this nice stuff has happened. My anniversary just happened at the same time. So I'm trying to take it back a little bit that week. Anyways, we're on our way. I'm like, oh, I got to get gas. There's a little gas station right on the corner by my house. I stopped get gas. No big deal. I go to turn the car on. The car does not turn back on. I'm like, oh, cool. That's great. This is the best. Okay. I call AAA. You know, they're like, okay, we'll send our battery guy down. Like, a bunch of weird stuff happened. And when a hybrid's battery dies, it, like, gets a little weird. Um, It was just a battery, so no big deal. I was like, okay. That cost me, you know, $150. bucks. i am not happy about it, but it's over. The battery's replaced. The car's, you know... 2014, probably needed a new basic battery.
2: It, it was the, cool. I was gonna say it was the basic battery, not, not the hybrid battery. Because yeah, I was like,
1: wow, not the hi- <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, the, like, wow, no, I need yeah. to get a hybrid, that's cheaper than I thought.
0: Yeah, no, not a hybrid, uh, not the hybrid battery. This is on a Honda Accord, you've got like a basic battery too. I mean, they all have like that one battery, but this is like a basic where you would expect a car battery to, to still be in the Accord, so not a big deal, like I said. Uh, but. It took like an hour and a half for all that to play out. I was like, and then LA traffic on a Friday, even Black Friday, just, you know what it's like, Stefan, trying to get to that spot in North Hollywood. Yep. It's like, yeah, it's going to take me an hour to get there now. Now that like, and Game Dude's going to be a zoo and I'm going to need like an hour's worth of help, uh, which is hard to get there. So I said, F it. I just not going to take advantage of that sale. I'm just going to turn around and go home. Go home, immediately Pick up the mail. I'm like, all right, cool. Here's the mail. First letter I see, it's jury duty. (laughs) Jury. When is the jury duty for? Starts on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) So, and if you guys don't know, my baby is supposed to be born on January 1, which means actually from like here on out, I'm in like baby alert mode. The baby can be born from now till like 12 days are, I mean, it won't go 12 days, but like five days after, mm-hmm. you know, the baby can be born from that January one date. So I'm just like, cool. I don't know what to do about this jury duty. They're like having a baby isn't like a good reason. I don't want to be on my paternity leave and at jury duty because that's not super useful. Anyways, that was it's okay. really Probably annoying. no
1: one else is going to try to come up with some BS reason to get out of jury duty on Christmas Eve. So,
0: oh, They'll yeah, have well, that w- that was the gamble, like, well, do I just go? Because, like, like, aren't they going to try that many cases? You know, it's closed on Christmas, and then, so it's like a short week. Like, is my number going to be called, but I'm group 19? It's like, uh, and now I can't, like, totally back out of it, because I've publicly confessed to having jury duty. Yeah, Not that I'm, I would do that. I'm I sure they're all listening to, to this duty. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I always go to my jury duty anyways. Usually it's, you know, like, every one I've been on is... Been like a DUI or like a drug case and like the one I was on resolved itself. Like I had to come back one extra day and it resolved itself that day. So whatever. Uh do your civil do your civil duty. We need people to be good jurors. Anyways, um slam everyone should have to do. Hopefully your company covers it. After that letter though, I'm not even done. It wasn't even the end. The next letter is from the IRS. Telling me, I still owe them a thousand dollars, and now I have a late penalty of a hundred dollars.
1: Nice,
0: but I've already paid my taxes. So, I found out about that Bitcoin
1: th- you got last year?
0: Yeah. So, I am like, what is this? And of course, you can't call. And then they're like, oh, our system's going to be down for like four days. So, I couldn't actually call the IRS till yesterday, and call uh, log into their website to find out what the hell was going on. It was a mistake. I did have like a thirty dollars late fee because they cast the check late or whatever. But so I just like paid that and took care of it. But yeah, that was like, it was just a a less than a two hour span of my life where it went car battery dead, wait around, jury duty on Christmas Eve, uh, IRS wants over $1,000.
1: I heard that Game Dude had a terraforming box and it was super nice.
0: Uh, it doesn't have a box. See, I thought it's just a jewel case.
2: I thought that I was listening to this whole thing expecting like this to end with like, and then this really genuinely amazing thing happened. But no, it's just like 15 minutes of you talking about how your life sucks.
0: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you want the you want the positive spin on that? Yes, uh, that uh, my my life is in such a good place that um, I'm fortunate enough, and I'm so we can say it was Thanksgiving. I was thankful enough that I could pay to have a battery i could uh, pay to go waste money on video games i could have afforded i could have afforded to pay the irs a thousand dollars and i have the time and i work for a company that would pay me to go to jury duty anyways because they believe in that kind of stuff
1: coastal elites like
2: johnny god bless Uh, us
0: everyone yeah so that i mean it was super annoying and i wasn't happy about it and it feels kind of unlucky and of course i was grumbly about it but end of the day um, perspective is everything and just like taking stock and being like, well, you know, all that sucks. But that, you know, there was a point in my life where that, that would have been like, what the fuck do I do? How do I solve this? You know, I'm mm-hmm. like 20. Um, yep. I'm older. And so just for people who are younger, you get past those moments. So here we are. Nice, positive ending. There, better? Better. All right. I feel cool. fulfilled. Okay. Uh do you guys play any games? Oh,
2: so. I, um... I think the last time I had started uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and I think I haven't really, I played it a little bit more, but just enough to decide that I think I'm not going to play it anymore. So, like, I don't know, I'm kind of ready to get on to the next thing, which I think is probably going to be one of the new Assassin's Creed's. I haven't decided which one because those are basically the same game, just with different rappers, but, No way. Uh, yeah, way. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think you know I'm just at the point in my life where I just don't i I don't have a whole lot of time for like those like two hundred hour experiences, and so I'm pickier and pickier about them, so I kind of got into Red Dead enough to go, okay, I know what this game is i'm just I'm not gonna spend the next eighty hours riding a horse around to do stuff, and that's just not a thing I'm gonna do, so I guess I guess the moral of the story is I, I I didn't play any games, but I identified the one that I wasn't gonna play. I don't know, but no, I haven't really okay. played anything. The
0: end. You can you can bring that and Spider Man over to me so I can play them because I haven't tried either of them.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. Games are too long. Fix it, Stefan. You're in the industry. Fix it. Games
2: are way too long. <laughs> okay, more game is not better game. I make mobile games now, so I'm at the other end of that spectrum. <laughs> you can't get any shorter experiences than the ones that I make.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm totally good. I told you, like I like a twenty hour game. That's great. Twenty hours, even a ten hour game, if it's a great ten hour I would rather have a great ten to fifteen hour game than a pretty good, you know, fifty hour game.
1: I think that's everyone, but that's no, not, it's it's not really like not. kids and stuff. No, it's really well, not. People yeah.
2: people no, with well, a lot of time still want those like expansive ridiculousnesses. Yeah.
0: I think there's a market for both. And that's why like Uncharted games like that, I'm like, that was awesome. Great. Uncharted's great. People are like, well, blah, blah, blah. I'm like and there was still a little bloat like in the last Uncharted. I was like, you could have cut like an hour out of that game.
2: That's why I like games that take the like have like a like the the sandbox games that have that like core story that's super, super short and then they have all the ancillary stuff. And if you want to do that, then great. You can turn it into a two two hundred hour experience. The uh the last Elder Scrolls, um the, one with I came all the a stupid long.
1: I, I mainline all the Bethesda games. I think that game took me like 25, 30 hours to do the main story. Nope, eight hours. I did it in eight.
2: Oh, man. You did it wrong. I didn't
1: beeline fast enough. I know I beat right. Fallout 3 in like three and a half hours, and after the main quest, I'm like, I'm done with this game. Not yep. my favorite Fallout game.
2: So, those are the kinds of like larger experiences that I do enjoy where I can kind of a la carte as much extra content as I want. And I guess mm-hmm. this isn't like that it didn't seem to be I think with Rockstar though like I think it's there they it, those experiences are so bloated that it tends to be like I don't even know if I am in the core storyline right now you know like there's not that sense of like okay yes I'm on the main quest like I, I feel like it's more difficult to discern with their modern games
0: and uh okay cool gonna catch you off do it Tyler is <laughs> ready to go uh, I guess His the story most- was
2: super long too
0: it's I true. was. I I agree. I, I added to the blame. It's not your fault, it's my fault. I take blame.
1: So the so. the most opinionated thing that I played is I beat Mega Man 3 for the first time. And I, I've always played Mega Man 2. I, for whatever reason. I, I love Mega Man 2. Never played Mega Man 3. I always hear people talk about Mega Man 2 versus Mega Man 3. I don't even know how this is a freaking debate, because Mega Man 3 feels like this janky hack of Mega Man 2 that they couldn't even get to run properly it's got so much slowdown it's got glitches like uh, the first time I made it to Wily's Castle one of the bosses just disappeared when I shot it and I had to reset the game It's like oh that's fun uh, and then the stupid uh, whatever the robot something bosses in between Johnny you're a Mega Man guy so if you don't play Mega Man games you got the eight robot bosses and then you got Wily's Castle after that And it's great. It's like an hour long. It's a beautiful, wonderful game. Mega Man 3, in the middle of... There's like probably 12 boss fights in a regular Mega Man game. And in the middle of this game, they decide to put these extra four levels, which are these four shitty, stupid, short levels that suck. And then at the end of those levels, you fight two Mega Man 2 bosses. So it literally almost is a Mega Man 2 hack. I don't want to fight the Mega Man 2 bosses again. It's just bloated, it's slow. It's fine. It's still a Mega Man game, but I don't know.
0: Mega Man 3, I did not I was not impressed at all. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know who's debating that 3 is better. I mean, I'm sure there are people, but 2 was 2 is always the best Mega Man game to me.
1: It's like if someone came up to me and they're like, "You know what the best Super Mario Brothers game is? New Super Mario Brothers 2 on the 3DS." Like,
0: what What are you talking about? Not even close. And now there's going to be that one else? guy
1: who's like way into Mega Man Three is going to get real angry on uh, Instagram. Uh,
0: oh, you've offended people. But did you play <laughs> anything else? Uh, nothing that I care enough to talk about.
1: A bunch of NES.
2: Okay, out. you don't care. Send hate mail to default
0: uh, gen That's default J E N. That's correct. Um, I nice. Um, I played Zelda. I think that, I think I talked about this on the last one. I played that like special edition of Zelda. Did not like it. Uh, I played the special edition of Gradius, Gradius, however you prefer to say it. Um, that was fine. Like, whatever. Just learn to play Gradius, and then it's kind of the same thing. I, I don't know why that one was necessary. I was just like, "Here, do you want to play the last three levels of Gradius?" And I was like, eh, pretty extra." And then I played some Lego Harry Potter on the Switch because that's I'm a nerd, and that's is that a new game like or is a, that
1: the it's same
0: thing? no, no, it's. It's literally the old two games that they just ported over, which they ported over to the PS4. Now they ported it over to the Xbox and the Switch. But because I have the whole collection, I bought them, and I, I just wanted to test it out on the Switch. Those games
1: have got to be to like 10 years the old. They're right? getting
0: pretty old now. <laughs> They're getting pretty old, yeah. Oh, so the first one, I think, is like 2011 or whatever. Um, maybe not that old.
1: All right, that's not Anyways, as bad as I thought. I thought they would be like early PS2 games or something.
0: When did Harry, po- Harry Potter no. came out? In like the late nineties early 2000s? All right. It, it, well, the movies and stuff ran till like 2011, I think. And the bundle, there was a PlayStation bundle that had Harry Potter in it, but it wasn't, it wasn't a game. It was the final movie bundle for a 3D copy of it, a Blu-ray for the PS3. Oh, all right. It came out
1: in 2010, for anyone wondering, if you want to get your remake hate hats on, whether it's acceptable
0: to re-release a game made in 2010
1: on modern consoles, as if it's an exciting thing.
0: Well, they took it, and then they bundled it with, because there's years 1 through 4, and then years 5 through 7. They package it as 1, but you don't, you. it's still just two separate games. Like They didn't even join them together, because I think they were using slightly different engines at that point, so they couldn't even seam it together as one game. I wish they would. I wish they would actually just remake it. Now, like, they've re-released a new line of, like, Harry Potter Legos, so character models and stuff Wait, have what? changed. You want
1: them to put work into making a new game rather than just re-releasing games from years past on the Nintendo Switch, Johnny? It's time to yes, they, get a reality check. They've done
0: it with Star Wars like seven or eight times. Like, just throw me some more Harry Potter love. Also, you know, do like a, like a sweeping overview so you don't have to go into all the minutia and then maybe give me like the first couple the first two movies of uh, fantastic beast too cuz the only way to play any like lego harry potter or fantastic beast was through lego dimensions and that game was a disaster i would so, i would agree with that assessment as long as i had this has been to harry
2: potter collector's quest thank you for
0: listening I, we all know i'm a harry <laughs> potter nerd that's I like, just like everyone how- knows that that's not it's not a thing you asked what i did like i like to engage in harry potter over the holidays, we just got Crimes of Grindelwald. You know, there's a lot to there's a lot of Harry Potter stuff going on.
2: I just like how we've bookended this uh, this podcast with Harry Potter.
0: Uh, look, if I could <laughs> just have a Harry Potter podcast, I would just I would have that in addition to this. I would find time in my life for that.
2: You could do that. You're an adult.
0: I I I don't I don't know enough people to want to engage and talk with me about it or how to how to get people to engage with me and talk with me about it. You just spoke with someone about it. We had a whole podcast on it. I, start your yes, own podcast. I, <laughs> I, I, well, no, she's they're They're too knowledgeable. They, they don't want some pleb like me. <laughs> so anyways, um, there we go. That That's all I got. I just, it's fun to be able to speculate about Harry Potter again. It's been a while. So I'm excited. Can I be excited about a thing? Aren't I always negative about everything? Can I be happy about one thing? Just leave me alone, Tyler.
2: Yeah, Tyler.
1: What? Well, no, so I don't want to be ganged up on stuff, and I'm supposed to team <laughs> up with you.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all I got, which was plenty. Um, and I Oh, I bought L.A. Noir. That was another thing. I tried that out. That was pretty good on the Switch, better than I thought it would be. But another old-ass game brought back to life on the Switch.
2: With the ugliest ever guys... art ever.
0: Man, yeah, but we're gonna go in. I want to do an episode on all the games coming to the Switch and what what a train wreck this is becoming, and how like what it's gonna be like to collect this because I've got some strong thoughts and I want to hear. I want to get your guys's take. I sent I I spammed you guys like a hundred pictures one night and you guys said nothing about it. But there, I've got an episode laid down in my head that I I want to engage with you guys, and but we'll do that later. There's a preview for something that'll probably happen in nine months. Yeah. All right. Great. great uh hey stefan where can we find you
2: uh on youtube sometimes and mostly instagram at archon 1981 a r c h o n
0: 1981 and uh tyler
1: you think the guy from la noir looks like that guy from the godfather
0: no he looks like the guy from madman because that's who he's modeled after <laughs> i was gonna say because it is that guy <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> Oh, I actually got to say it. I thought you're gonna. I wasn't even expecting a response. I thought you were just gonna scold me. Uh, I'm I'm default Gen. Default G E N. I'm great.
0: I was hoping you would get your own name wrong again.
1: (laughs) J O H. (laughs) I
2: already I already plugged the the wrong one. So
0: I know. Uh, And I'm Johnny underscore Ayuchi. That's J O H N N Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. Thanks for listening. And if you have any thoughts or questions about the podcast, please feel free to reach out to. Any of us, not just me, but any of us, send us a DM. We would love to hear from you. All right, guys, take it easy, and I hope your holidays are good. Bye.